Hello and welcome to an episode of 14th Floor with Friends. It is Nicole. I'm still filling in for Jason while he's gone drinking red stripes, I've been told, not pina coladas. Um, I have two special guests here today. They are returning guests, uh, manager of The Juice is Loose, Mr. Jabari, no last name, and Huday in the Blowfish, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Say hi, guys. Glad to be back. Jumbo. Jumbo means hello in Swahili. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I said I'd be back after winning the league, but dropped a few games here. and It's not looking likely, so this is probably it for me. Oh, my. I still have hope that uh, I will dethrone the uh, current champ, Nicole, and uh, I feel like I'll be back. We'll see about that. Today, we have a special podcast brought to you. We decided to do mid-year awards. So let's see if your name comes up. Should I just start naming them? I think so. All right, first yeah. on the list. It's an easy one. Rookie of the Year. We decided to give this award to Jane and her team, Wyatt Earp. Yeah, Wyatt Earp's made a strong, strong push, uh, not only for Rookie of the Year, but actually for MVP and for... Uh, you know, the league champion, just a solidly built team um, who's just been going about their business, just knocking people off. Although they're coming off a loss, um, like the New England Patriots, they just needed that loss, I think, to keep them honest. Nine weeks in first place. Can't go wrong with that selection. Yeah. We have a lot of rookies this year, though. Everyone is doing well-ish. All right, next we have the biggest blowout, which is pretty humorous. <laughs> We have from week three, Joe Bredo versus Carl. I'm sorry, no last names. <laughs> Joe, mystery man, <laughs> versus Carl with an 82.98 defeat or difference. <laughs> so Joe's nickname on the floor, uh, and he got this nickname from actually winning the NCAA March Madness pool is Joey Dark Horse. But he shouldn't be a Dark Horse anymore. Joe's always competitive, and he always has these type of, like, breakouts where he just absolutely destroys somebody and something. And then he just smiles and goes, did I? I didn't know He that. knows what he's doing. I think so. Carl should. <clears throat> oh, gosh. It's a little bit of a cold here. Sorry, but, my uh, daughter walked in. Just yeah. <laughs> Carl showed he is the true illogical owner with that 80-plus point defeat. So team name, very fitting. <laughs> Poor Carl. Um, Carl's also within the next one. Oh, so I guess who do we give the award to? Carl or Joe? In Joe gets that. They both get that Joe gets the award because he's the true champion. Right? Yes. Next award, we have the Tough Luck Award, which is the smallest point differential, like closest game there was this season. And fortunately for Carl, he was on top of this situation when he played Jason. I don't have the week on me, but he beat it was him. week seven, I believe. By 0.32 points. Ugh. Terrible. I actually uh, was hoping I could work from home that day because I knew as soon as I saw Jason, this is what he was going to be discussing. Uh, he and was in such a bad mood. He was insufferable. He actually foreshadowed that he was going to lose, and then he lost, um, which lends itself to the uh, old saying, don't put things out in the universe if you don't want them to come back to you. 
And in that matchup, Carl lost both of his running backs, one to throwing a punch and ejected, and the other one for the season with a knee injury. So still got the W. Carl somehow won a game, and his running back actually got beat up in the game. It's, it's interesting. Maybe Jason's just not good at fantasy. He's good at podcasts, but maybe not at fantasy. <laughs> All right, we have trades coming up now. Two awards. The first award goes to worst trade of the season so far. And all these awards are opinionated, of course, but we're thinking the worst trade was between one of our guests here, Jabari, and Luke of Luke Skywalkers. You want to talk about it, Jabari? Yeah, I want to talk about it. So, you know, this has been weighing heavy on my heart for a couple months now. Um, and I just want to finally admit that I absolutely fleece Luke. Um, I not only got the an all-pro running back, um, but I also got a boomer bus by receiver, the one, the one that I needed. They helped me go on a three-game win streak and propel me back into the top of third. I was reeling, and uh, Luke just, you know, he just seemed like easy prey, and he went for it. I was sitting in the same seat when that trade was announced, and we actually stopped the podcast <laughs> to call Luke and ask him what he was thinking. And Jabari just kept saying and insisting, it's such a good deal for the both of us. <laughs> No comments a couple weeks later. Luke, if you're listening to this, which you probably will, uh, I'm sorry. Um, and lunch is on me. Um, and once you get off probation. I don't think it's too bad, though. Kamara hasn't really done anything since you've gotten him. Kamara was built, put in for the playoff push. So we need that. You have to get to playoffs first. Playoff push <laughs> meaning push to get to the playoffs. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully he's back this week for you. That's the goal. I hope so. All right, and then next is the best trade from what we think. Um, first, we were thinking maybe Luke and Kyle. Yeah, that was a seven-player deal. That was something serious. Kyle's team is interesting because it when you look at Kyle's roster uh, and Kyle's team, is that uh, that winning Thielen? Yes. No, uh, I'm not winning Thielen. Hooked, hooked on, on the Thielen. Thielen. <laughs> uh, you look at Kyle's team, it looks like he literally has 16 – Start like 16 starters on his team. I mean, he's just absolutely loaded with running backs and, and quarterbacks and receivers. I mean, he just has everything. Um, and Luke Luke needed some players. That trade with me didn't really serve him well. So a uh, seven-player deal is probably the biggest deal we've ever seen in this league. What do you think? And if, uh, if Jabari is correct in that Kyle has 16 starters, I'm really questioning every other owner in that league and their ability to work the waiver wire and to draft. So that is a shot at the other nine owners. Uh, yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh, I'm going to second that emotion, although the champion did come out of the Legends division. Woo-woo if you're a Legends division uh, originator. You woo-wooed, Nicole. You're from the Legends division. Okay, lots of pizzazz in the podcast today. Although you think my trade this week was pretty good. I definitely thought yours was the best with Carl. It gave him much-needed help at quarterback. Uh, he's been starting Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady, who... Get him about 15 points a week. Uh, in return, though, you were able to get Devontae Adams, which will definitely help your playoff push, especially if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. I hope um, he stays healthy. That's, I gave away know. Russell Wilson, everyone, yeah, for Devontae Adams. Probably the league MVP, but she got to keep probably the league MVP. So, uh, you know, let's not cry any uh, Titanic tears for Nicole. Yeah. She'll be fine. I, I thought it was a good deal for both parties. Um, just so Carl can play the spoiler. Um, and Nicole's team is, is, is pretty much already into the playoffs and a lot of their division. So she's really just, again, getting ready to try to, try to repeat as a champion. That's right. 
Um, next we have the Lame Duck Manager Award. Now this one's a little tough. And I think it's based on her benching DeHondre Hopkins <laughs> early on. <laughs> and sorry, Jesse, but this award is going out to you. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I think this was week one or was it week two? This was early in the year. Early in the year. She took DeHondre, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, with the fourth or fifth pick in the draft. A valid selection just based on kind of where his rankings were. And then he was listed as questionable. And she benched him and never put him back in. Never put him back in. But Jesse uh, also is new. Jesse also is she new. She might not have known. Uh, like questionable, doubtful. Correct. Out. Correct. The Fair scale types. of the yes significance of the injuries, and I think DeAndre Hopkins, and she's probably very well aware, has been questionable for the last eight weeks. So uh, continues to play, hasn't put up the numbers of years past, but he is out there. So keep him in the lineup. And just for any other owners listening, Tom Brady's been questionable for what eighteen years? Eighteen years. It's just really a ploy to keep the other team on the kind of on their heels. And for some guys, they, they call it a veteran uh, veteran rest, veteran Tuesday. And so they don't have to practice on those days, or they can practice a little bit of uh, half half speed. So uh, just be wary of questionable. Drill down into that on the links and kind of take a look and see if the guys are actually not playing. But uh, I think Jesse's deserving of this award for that and for some questionable uh, roster omissions yeah. later in the year. And a fantasy tip to all the other still semi-new owners out there. Uh, if an individual does practice on Friday, he's trending and very likely to play on Sunday or Monday. So look for those Friday practice guys who sit out, guys who participate in practice. So something to keep your mind on. Next, we have the Peacekeeper Award, i.e. the person that never smack talks and the only fantasy football talk they talk is congratulating people. We're going to give this award to Mitz Miller. <laughs> yeah, they Mitz. So we actually lived through a little bit of a, a loop in this, uh, this award. Um, it's actually going to a cat. Um, maybe the most peaceful, happy cat I've ever seen. He doesn't say much. He doesn't say much. This cat's so popular that people dress up as it for Halloween. Um, and uh, on behalf of Mitz, who's going to be accepting this award? I think Macy, the, her, his owner, Mitz's owner. Nice, nice, nice. Best friend will accept this award. That's awesome. That's him. awesome. I mean, how lucky is Macy to have a best friend like Mitz, uh, who's also so positive? <laughs> Um, the next one I found online, and I thought it was pretty funny. It's called the William Shatner Award, i.e. the Priceline Negotiator. <laughs> He's got an offer that you can't refuse by seducing you with points already earned and future earning potential. He'll provide charts and formulated Excel sheets. I think this none other than describes Kyle. <laughs> this is definitely Kyle. Uh, Kyle has a... Uh rode his way into this league and into this onto this floor and has really started to just become a swindler. I think Kyle missed his calling uh, as a used car salesman. He is always uh, looking for the next deal. Always. You should see this guy every day trying to put together trade deals. I literally seen Kyle leave the gym come and he's immediately he's literally rubbing his chin thinking about how to make it happen. In fact, I think he has three trade deals out right now pending. <laughs> Nothing from Brian. <laughs> All right, next award goes to the biggest crybaby this season so far. 
This could change by the end of the year. Come playoff time, I'm sure there'll be plenty of complaints. But right now, we're giving it to none other than our podcast host himself, Jason. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I hope this doesn't get any of us fired or any of us any extra work during a busy time of year. But, man, Jason, I've never he hasn't said anything positive all year about his team. Well, judging based off his record, there's not much positive to say about his team. I'm going to actually have to agree with that. Jason has more fat. I mean, he's a great podcast host. You guys listen to the podcast. He knows his stuff. He just can't apply it. And it just doesn't work. It's just like the uh, the shooting coach who never actually played in high school. You're like, wait, so you know how to shoot a perfect jump shot, but you never actually made a jump shot? That's Jason all the way. In his defense, we'll just say Patrick Mahomes being out has, you know, severely limited his team in the, you know, big playability that can come on a weekly basis. So that has a... Uh, He'd like to say it's based on schedule that he's losing. Yeah. Not on skill. Yeah, I'm going to have to call a little BS on that one. I just think his team just wasn't constructed well, and I think he knew that from the beginning. It's been an uphill battle. Our next award is the Never Waivers Award. That person with the least amount, playing the waiver wire, the least amount this season. And we have with this, Amelia, who's only played the waiver wire one time. One time. Amelia's drafted. But I think she's pretty high up in her She league. is. Amelia's actually tied for third in the Legends division. I think she is the leading third place person based on points. Now, the, the thing with Amelia is Amelia's whole logic, draft logic and things, is basically does she know the person, know other person, or what the high school with the person? And that seems to have worked well for her so far. The A team's doing good. I think it's a little bit of young naivety. What do you think, Brian? I think this really backs up a point I made earlier about this division being pretty weak, that somebody who made one roster move is 5-4 and four and somehow is in third place. Says a lot about the other owners in that group again. But she just drafted so well, and if you have a good team, if it ain't broke, why fix it? We all thought she drafted horribly, but I guess it worked out for her. <laughs> well, keep up that winning record, Amelia. Good job so far. On the other hand, next award is the Always Waivers Award. And at first, we were laughing because we thought it was Suzanne with 28 waiver wire claims so far. But no, Mr. Jabari here is winning with 32 waiver wire. Listen, you know, I said in previous podcasts that if I did have a favorite team in the NFL, be the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are notorious for their GM and head coach, Bill Belichick, getting rid of guys a year early. Right? You got to get rid of a guy when he has value. And that's what I'm about. I take pride in the fact that I drafted 16 players and only two of those guys are still on my team. <laughs> Pretty bad. You are moving around three to four players every single week. Listen. Claiming I, three to four players, not even just moving them from your bench on. And, some, and that's just that's the players that I get. That's yeah, that's not know. that's excluding the waiver claims that don't go his way. So <laughs> that could easily probably be about 35 to 40, uh, a couple of different waiver priority lists where uh, – more beneficial or in his favor. Listen, every time I pick up a guy, he strains a quad. He hurts an abductor. He does something. And, you know, he's questionable. He might be likely, probable. But I got to make a move. I'm not tied to anybody except for uh, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara. Everybody else can go. All right. Um, The next one's kind of a joint award because it's – what we consider the best waiver pickup this year. And we're thinking picking up the New England Patriots defense has been a plus for Brian, myself, and Kyle. 
Yeah, through I think it was week eight, the New England Patriots were fourth in points, and that is not defensive points. That is in the whole uh, Yahoo fantasy scoring system that they were you know, averaging around 15 points a week. So they were they were up there in the top five. So great great free agent pickup by the three of us, and uh, it's really worked out well. Yeah. Nobody projected New England to have like the next monster of the midway or the next deal curtain this year. And although they kind of got Jumped on a little bit by Baltimore last week. I think they're still first in all statistical categories in the NFL. I think their schedule kind of shaped up to allow that to happen. The back half of their schedule is going to be a little more difficult, but through the first half, uh, playing the Jets. Yeah, we had Miami. our first single-digit game last yeah. week. Yeah. No matter what, it's going to end up being a top-five defense. It's going to end up being a number-one-ranked defense in all of fantasy. Yeah. I think when you start looking at some of the more expert podcasts, you're going to find that, like last year, most champions had Patrick Mahomes. I think you're going to find this year most champions have New England. All right, next award we have the comeback queen or king, but in this case, it is the comeback queen. We are giving this award to Annette based on her game against Sean two weeks ago, last week? It was week? a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Uh, I think that Sean was up about 30 to 40 points on Annette going into Monday Night Football, and then Annette on her roster had Travis Kelsey and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones exploded for about 35 points, and Travis Kelsey, I think, contributed another 15 to 20. So uh, that sure win for Sean turned into a uh, pretty lopsided defeat, and that's why he has a losing record. <laughs> yeah, we're on different sides of the floor here for all those that aren't on 14. And uh, Brian, will you attest we haven't seen Sean since? No, we heard him a lot early in the year, but uh, last couple <laughs> weeks he's been pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. Sean was so confident that day, too. <laughs> he was. He was. He was confident, but, I mean, old fart Nettie took him down. Old fart Nettie. She's killing it this year. Uh, next, it is my honor to give this award to both of my special co-hosts today. Jabari and Brian will both be receiving the Cranky Commissioner Award. Is <laughs> Mr. Miss over yet? Because we're the only two commissioners who care. That's why right. we're getting the cranky award. Care. You know, my kids say, hey, Dad, why are you yelling at us? I say, because I care. <laughs> and that's just the truth. You know what I mean? This, this league is very it's fun, but it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you got 30 teams. Um, it's fun because you got 30 teams. It's frustrating because nobody knows what they're doing. It's fun because nobody knows what, this, what they're doing. It's like a, it's, it plays it's a good blend. Sides. It's a good, a good blend. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, it's all bogus, you know. And if I don't win or Brian doesn't win, it's not our fault. It's your fault. All right. <laughs> Next, we have the award. It's called the Seller Dweller Award. And this one, I'm sorry, it's basically for these boys to poke fun. And this award is going to Christine and Amber. Yeah. Um, listen. I'll, I'll cut you off. If Carl didn't name his team the illogical owner, this, this team would be the illogical owners. <laughs> <laughs> On a day-to-day, -day, you know, we have people injured sitting uh, or in starting lineups, people on buy in starting lineups, healthy guys on the bench. It's, you know, it's, it's a struggle to get those two to, to stay motivated with their fantasy roster. Must be spending too much time focused on their job. Listen, this is a classic case of it's funny because it's true. I mean, just, I mean, just literally sweeping, sweeping the basement right now. Um, you know, they just, I don't know, are they trying? 
Are they trying, or is it just basically they're just trying? Basically, they just donated thirty dollars to to Goodwill. They donated for the pizza parties into the year, so uh, we'll get you a cheese pizza, Christine, because we know you don't eat meat. Don't so. worry about it. We'll get you a cheese pizza, Amber. We'll get you an arugula salad. <laughs> All right, next award, which I made just for myself, basically, is the villain award. I take pride in being the villain of this year's, you know, fantasy football league. Although I was saying earlier, I think Sean's kind of a sneaky villain. Sean is a sneaky. Agreed. Villain. I mean, with a haircut like that, who's gonna like Sean? <laughs> a true villain does post photos of herself all around the floor with a trophy. That is true. So it's like, what's what's the greater offense? A side part or posting pictures of yourself? What do you think? It's a tough. One. That's a that's a toss up. Flip a coin on that any day of the week. <laughs> do you think I should be taking those down now since I lost? I think you shouldn't be taking them down because you're the champ. Okay. Just wait yeah. till March. Just, new champion just, just wait till March Madness. There's gonna be a lot of photos with me in brackets flying around this floor now. And that's not. I believe. Listen, yeah. I'm a firm believer in uh, in the immortal words of a fellow podcaster, uh, uh, Jacoby. Um, people don't celebrate enough. When you win something, rub it in people's face. Why not? It's hard to win. If I win again this year, I'm gonna get professional photos. I'll be down. <laughs> and I will You're a little blow them mark. up. <laughs> That'd be dope. <laughs> trophy will probably go missing. The trophy will definitely go missing or be found in pieces somewhere. Yes. Oh, definitely. no. But no, I think Nicole's the villain just because, again, Nicole won, you know, dominated from beginning to end last year. She's dominating this year. And, uh, you know, people don't tend to like, you know, winners. People don't like the Yankees. They don't like the Patriots. You love to hate it. That's fine. Right, right, right. But, you know, hey, the fact is that she's proven herself to be the best player. I mean, what, over the last, I guess it would be 16 plus 9, over the last 25 games, Nicole, I believe, is 21 and 4? I think I lost two last year. 22 and 3. That's just unheard of in fantasy, especially when we went 24 teams last year and we're at 30 this year. That's just crazy. So, congrats to Nicole. She deserves the Villain Award. Thank you. Um, next award is the Dark Horse Award. Who we think might come creeping up in the playoffs and make it pretty far, possibly winning. Um, you want to give this one out? Yeah, I think I want to give it out, and I'll let Brian explain it a little bit because he, he's a little more intimately involved in how she got this. So this is for uh, Cassie. No, this is for Cassie's our next one. This is for Cole. Oh, this is for the Nature Boy. <laughs> Woo! The Nature Boy Cole. So Cole is very quiet. He's a very reserved guy. Very nice guy. Doesn't say much unless you, he doesn't speak unless you speak to him. And he's just sneakily now five and four. He also sneaky has his own podcast. He also sneaky's in a dynasty league. And we wouldn't know any of this unless we literally pulled it out of him like impacted wisdom teeth. He's always making roster moves, not as many as Jabari, but um, if there's somebody who's active on the free agent market, excluding the waiver wire on Tuesdays, uh, it's definitely Colt. He's, you know, looking to drop that bench that he didn't start on Sunday on a Monday to pick up a running back to put on his bench Monday night just in case, you know, somebody might get injured and that guy might may step into a starting role. You know, he's always – he's kind of playing one step ahead with uh, some of those roster moves. So um, he's he's won, I think, three weeks in a row now, and he's uh, trending in a upward direction and potentially getting a wild card spot or that second seed in the division. All right, similar to this one, you already heard, we're giving it to Cassie, and she is awarded with most competitive. Yeah, 
Cassie kills you with kindness, right? <laughs> so, you know, and again, maybe this is what I was talking about with Brian. We have an office cornhole tournament. Cassie was just a smiling, oh, this is going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. And then she tries to rip your heart out. Destroyed right? everyone. Destroyed everyone. And she's been doing that this year. She's, oh, I'm starting out really bad. I don't know what's happening. I guess I'll play. I'll keep going. And now she just knocked off our formerly undefeated returning champion pretty handily. She beat me, too, in cornhole. Yeah. She's the one who beat me. She has your number this year. Oh, Stay man. away from her. I should. So Cassie's a cornhole champion, which is not easy to do on this floor. And uh, yeah, she... it's pretty easy to do. A lot of us stink. <laughs> well, there's that. I was being yeah. gracious there. But yeah, a lot of us are bad. But uh, and now she's really, I think she's really trying to go after this uh, fantasy football championship. And I'm going to say, if Cassie can get the eight wins... She's going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Watch out for Swanson's mustache. But it's not just even fantasy. Like you said, Cornwall. And I've talked to her. She's talked about, let's start a kickball tournament. Let's go. <laughs> like, she's her team. Yeah. And when, she when, wants to win she all wants the time. To win. Cassie's she's a, a winner at life. She's definitely a winner <laughs> at life. I mean, she's, she irons every day. She yeah. drives in early. I mean, she, like, does her hair. Like, she never has an off day. Cassie's never off. Um, she hunts. She has big dogs. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you could literally do it like a like an ABC show on Cassie. It's great. She'd be the center. Okay. All right, Cass. Good job. Um, our next award I created is the Woman of the Year Award, which you guys can give out a Man of the Year if you want after this. But no. I think Woman of the Year, although we already gave her an award, I think this one should also go to Jane. She's just been killing it. She's so kind, so humble about her wins. Yeah. Listen, here's the reality. Everybody likes Jane. Like, there's nothing bad you can say about Jane. And when it comes to fantasy, there's nothing bad you can say about her, too. I think Jane's quote earlier this year when she was 5-0 and was, and that's my best Jane impersonation, my team's not really good, but I got a lot of horses. I got a lot of horses, Troy. A lot of those. And they're just kind of just kind of getting me along, getting me along, and they got her along so far to 7-2. and two. Yeah, she's definitely had a good year so far. Uh... She's uh, led our division from week one through present, and uh, you know I'm hoping she slips up though, because I'm trying to get back into that one first or second spot. So, uh, but great job so far, Jane. Definitely. Our league, though, I think it's more women than men this year. I mean, Is it? It, it was I last year too. Yeah, we'd have to check so that go out. Go girls! <laughs> um, our next award, I'm gonna let Jabari give this one out, is the Trash Talker Award. <laughs> So, I actually, I don't know why Nicole's letting me give it out, per se. Because I don't want to say it. <laughs> uh, but I think our Trash Talker of the Year award, and it's a sneaky award, very sneaky, but I think it goes to our own uh, boss, Chuck. <laughs> here's the thing about Chuck. Chuck's always smiling. He's mild-mannered. He takes his time. He's very deliberate, but he's jabbing. It's, it's the death of a thousand cuts with Chuck. In fact, when we were doing research on this award, I found... That at least three other um, three other managers in this division had Chuck trash talk stories, you know, and they basically they're passive aggressive. They're like, "Hey, you know, I started off bad, but I'm doing good now. Good luck this week." And he doesn't do it publicly in front of a crowd. He it's doesn't. just to that person. He's very one on one. He's very one on one, which in itself is intimidating. Uh, <laughs> then to add the other intimidating factors. <laughs> We give it to you because we love you. No doubt, Chuck. We love you. We love our jobs. And our last award, which I think we should hold off until the end of the year, is the MVP award. 
I agree. I yeah. agree. It's a good idea. There could be lots of comebacks, lots of switches. I think we should hold off. We will hold off on that one. A lot we'll of worthy candidates at this time. Definitely, definitely. All right. And everyone who got an award today, I think Jason's kids might want to make a certificate. So be on the lookout. We might stop by your desk and present you with your award. That's awesome. What is Scottish kids really? His kids are so awesome. Isn't the one like in horror movies? They're so artsy. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Looking forward to my, uh, what was it, Cranky Award or something for... Yeah, cranky Commissioner. Some... Commissioner, Cranky Commissioner. All right, I'll be hanging out with pride then. Definitely. All right, and those, that is our award segment. We have a few more games coming up. Brian will be the host of two created game shows. And... First will be with Nicole, film or football, in which I will give her a name, and she has to decide if this individual is from a film or from the NFL. I'm going to suck at that. No. All right. Hold on a second. All right. Now we're going to play a game. Brian is the host, and it's film or football. And just to repeat, I will give Nicole a name, and she has to determine if this is the name of an NFL player or somebody who was in a film. And this will be their actual name. It's not a nickname. This is their legal name or their name in the film. Let's put some background music on here. All right. First name, Chris Blewett. Film. Wrong. <laughs> he was the kicker for the University of Pittsburgh, who is cut this offseason by the Chicago Bears. Uh, Blewett is actually, yeah, a kicker, so great name. Second. I should have known that. Russ Tyler. Russ Tyler. Oh, Film. Do you know which film? Isn't that Mighty Ducks? That is the Mighty Ducks. Yeah! Uh, the knuckle puck <laughs> shot that carried Gordon Bombay to U.S. history, uh, winning the Goodwill Games. I love the Mighty Ducks. Nate just said, let's watch the Mighty Ducks on Saturday. The second one, actually, too. <laughs> Next name, Prince Amukamara. Prince Amukamara? Oh, no. NFL? That is NFL. He was <sighs> a first-round pick by the New York Giants in 2011. And uh, currently plays for the Chicago Bears. Number four, Captain Munnerlin. That can't be real. Film. That is real. He was named by his grandmother, whose great-grandfather was also named Captain. He spent over 10 years playing in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers and the Buffalo Bills. So his great-great-grandfather, Captain Munnerlin. Number five, Charlie Tweeter. Film. That is correct. I have no idea what movie He is that. known for the Tweeter end zone dance in Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. Tweeter. I have watched Varsity Blues, so. Oh, got it right. Next selection Sandy Lyle. NFL. Wrong. He is most known for his horrific jump shot in Along Came Polly. Kobe. Looked like a Dee's Tony last night at Pitt. I don't think I've actually seen that movie. Excellent. Watch it. Number seven, Peerless Price. It's so odd. It has to be real. NFL. That is real. He played <laughs> football at the University of Tennessee and uh, was a first-round pick of the Buffalo Bills in 1999. National champion. Number eight, Quentin Jammer. That could be real or it could be film. Uh, film. That is real. Oh. He played for the San Diego Chargers, was a first-round pick in 2002, 
and had 21 career interceptions. Number nine, Jeffrey Lebowski. Like the Big Lebowski film? That is correct. <laughs> uh, better known as the dude and for his love of bowling. Uh, probably wouldn't have lasted long in the NFL due to uh, substance abuse. Uh, I would have gotten a lot of hate if I <laughs> missed that one. <laughs> and the last one, Rock Cartwright. Rock Cartwright. Uh, film. That is incorrect. He was a return specialist for the Washington Redskins from 2002 through 2009 and was most recently an offensive quality con control coach for the Cleveland Browns in 2016. Oh, I clearly know nothing. <laughs> Overall, I do know the Mighty Ducks, too, though. D2. So you did a good job. You got the movie ones right. Best movie. Did a very um, good job. The trilogy. Two, famous when they get all the rangers from all over the country. Yes. You did a great job. Kid playing the air guitar when he's skating on the field, all the ice knocking people down. Yeah. That's great to see. We were talking about it because last night, actually, I said something and I was like, let's go shake their hands. <laughs> and that's why we started talking about the movie. Nice. <laughs> all right. Thank you for that game, Brian. And Showing that I have no knowledge of. <laughs> well, what we wanted to do was see if our uh, defending champion, how much football knowledge she actually had. So that was kind of why we gave her that game and that that task there. But uh, I have very current knowledge. <laughs> did a good job, though. And uh, we've got a little game up for Jabari next to uh, see how well does he actually know his fantasy football roster. And some owners just know the guy's name. Other owners dig a little deeper in. So we're going to give Jabari... Like a one-line clue or a two-line clue, and he has to name that player. Okay. Let's start. Let's get some family feed music in here. Jabari, are you ready? I am. All right. I grew up and went to college in the state of Texas, but my career, college career began as a wide receiver prior to being a first-round quarterback pick. Who is Ryan Tannehill? That is correct. Prior to catching passes in college in the NFL – my first job was as a bag boy at a country club, and my favorite hobby is hunting. Who is Hunter Henry? That is correct. Wow. Prior to transferring, I was behind NFL running backs Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram on the team depth chart. Who is Alan Kamara? That is correct. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was 9 years old and was a four-star wide receiver recruit out of high school. Who is... Mark Andrews. That is correct. I was a unanimous All-American in college in 2016 and was selected by the Cleveland Browns in the NFL draft. Unanimous All-American and selected by the Cleveland Browns? That is correct. And it's on my team? Yes. Cleveland Browns? Finally, one that stumps you. Uh, Zane Gonzalez. He was. He, you're right. I was a three-star recruit out of high school who was also drafted in the 37th round of the Major League Baseball draft my senior year in high school. Who is Patrick Mahomes? That is correct. In addition to football, I have also produced a number of songs, including one with Rich Homie Kwan. Who is DJ Shark? Who is Sony Michelle? Sony. Boy, boy, Sony. Both of my parents were college athletes at the University of Missouri and one of my most remembered celebrations in the NFL resulted in me jumping in an oversized Salvation Army kettle. Who is Ezekiel Elliott? 
That is correct. Great job on going six for eight there, Jabari. Six for eight. Not a perfect score, though. Better than I did. Nice. <laughs> Very good questions, Brian. Very Thanks good. for putting yes. that together, Brian. Absolutely. Anything for the podcast and its oh, yeah. listeners. All right. Well, that's all the fun we have on the podcast, but I figured we'd do a little injury report recap going into the weekend. Um, just a reminder, Thursday night's game is the Chargers at the Raiders. And Monday night's game is the Seahawks at the 49ers. Big game. That's a big game. Yeah. Early on that is. Um, remember that we have six teams on by this week, so make sure no one is in your lineup from the New England Patriots, Denver Broncos, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. Um, going from injury news, nothing is definite yet, of course. So make sure you look later in the week or right before the games. But um, Adam Thielen, still questionable, but pretty doubtful at this point. He missed practice yesterday. Um, QB Matt Ryan had a limited practice yesterday, so he's looking good that he'll return this week. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was also limited on Wednesday. It says he's likely to play. His was an MCL injury, but I'm not too sure about that, so keep an eye on him. Um, Alvin Kamara. Jabari is really hopeful that he's going to finally come back. He fully expects to play, but he was only limited yesterday at practice. Um, AJ Green, who I thought was going to be a for sure coming back to that, or to this week, is day-to-day with his ankle injury. He missed practice yesterday, but we'll keep an eye on him. And Patrick Mahomes, for Jason's sake, your sake too, right? Correct. He had a full practice yesterday. Nice. He's still listed as questionable right now, but it's looking... Nice. Um, just in addition to your list, mm-hmm. James Conner. Oh, yeah. With the shoulder AC joint injury. Limited practice yesterday, uh, but Mike Thomas seemed optimistic that he'll be ready to play. Uh, Benny Snell, his backup, has a knee. Trey Edmonds, the other running back, has a rib and did not practice Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would just be Conner and Samuels and Rosie Nix if Conner can go. For a lot of short passes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. And thank you for being my guest and helping me with this podcast thing. Thanks for having us today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed 14th Floor with Friends. And Jason will be back next week taking over. And you're probably thankful for that. All right. See ya. <laughs> Peace.